This is the show with Cannon Brown. I started showing pigs at the age of two, so that's kind of where my involvement came in. And I think if my parents would have let me, I would have shown pigs sooner. And actually, they were going to let me get in the ring sooner, but one of their good friends was really worried about me showing guilt and getting peed on because I was extremely short and still am. <laughs> so that's kind of why they waited till two to start me with showing. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? A little bit louder? A little bit louder? Yeah, just check it. Okay, check. Check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah, you sound all right. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the podcast, the show with Cannon Brown. I'm your host, Cannon Brown, and today I have a special guest host. Not really. She's just going to be in the intro, but it's my sister, Campbell. Hello, guys. Do you have anything you want to say, Campbell? Um, not technically. Yeah. Yeah, Campbell texted me today and said she wanted to be on the podcast. Or I, I've known she wanted to be on the podcast. Um, but she doesn't have anything to talk about. You no. you don't know anything no. about livestock. You're a city gal. Yes. Real city gal. A real city gal. Yeah, like she makes TikTok city gal. Okay, not no. You don't have to rat me out like that. Well, I did. But. <laughs> so uh, Campbell just wanted to be on the podcast and I asked her, Campbell, what, what are you going to talk about? Well, what do you want to talk about? Here's your platform, Campbell. I know. Talk. Say say what you will. I don't know what to say. Do you want me to talk Cam- about Campbell, Campbell is a freshman in high school. Yes. Still a young buck. Uh, she won't take any ag classes. I refuse. Why? I don't. As you said, I'm a city gal. Yeah. And I was not raised like you. Yeah. In the farm industry. And so I will refuse to take an ag class. And why do you refuse? I've I've told you like I've told you many times and you guys should listen, okay? I have tried to get her to oh, take an ad class. Definitely. I I have pushed and pushed and you will not do it. And you go to a pretty good high school for ag. They have really good facilities. Yeah. I think you should just take like one class. I'll think about it. I think it should be mandatory for everybody to take <laughs> one ad class in high school. Got it. Um, Tell your sure. friends. Because two of my friends are trying to talk me into it. so. And the, are they having a great time? Well, Christian is the only one that talked me into it. And then Kyle was like, I'll do it next year if you do it. I'm like, um, okay. Oh, high school. Oh, high school stuff. That's fun. All right. Well, <laughs> that's enough of Campbell. See you later. Goodbye. Um, guys, we've got a great uh, episode for you today. My guest is Miss Maddie Fugate. If you don't know Maddie, if you're not in the pig industry... Uh, the show industry. Maddie is a firecracker. She's five foot one. Uh, been showing for 18 years of her life. She's been showing pigs since she was two years old, guys. She's got a long history in this deal. Uh, she raises Landris hogs, really good ones. And I can't wait for you guys to hear. She's a young mind. She's she's kind of coming in this industry um, fresh, about to graduate from Iowa State and finish her judging uh, career there next. Uh, fall. So, hope you guys enjoy it. As always, I talk way too long. I talked so much. Let's do it. Miss Maddie Fugate. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Well, Maddie Fugate, how was class today? Good. I'm pretty lucky. Uh, my schedule's pretty easy on Wednesdays. Oh, really? What'd you have? It's a career prep class. Oh, nice. Just had one today then? Yes. 
And you just started there this fall, right? This is your first semester at Iowa State? Yes, I've been here for a semester now almost. How do you like it? It's great. It's a little colder than I was expecting. I didn't know that moving six hours from home was going to make a huge difference weather-wise. But I can say that when it's negative five at 8 a.m., I kind of miss the central Illinois weather. (laughs) Yeah, kind of makes you not want to go to that 8 a.m. sometimes. I haven't missed it yet, so I'll consider that (laughs) positive. Well, how's the, I know like the, um, the Iowa state football games get pretty cold. Have you been to one that's gotten like just out of control cold this year? I have not. I have traveled pretty much every weekend that I've been out here, either to a show to show or judging contest or just different things here and there, symposiums and conferences. Um, but I do know that there's been a couple miserable ones that people have told me about, especially when it gets cold rainy and windy yeah yeah it's got to be just awful when you're sitting in those seats uh watching the game I mean any Cyclone fan is a diehard so they'll sit through it but that kind of sucks that you haven't been able to go to a game yet you need to get to one I'm hoping to go to a couple basketball games for sure oh perfect yeah those are the ones you got to go to yes I'm a huge college basketball fan anyways so I'm looking forward to it I'm excited for March should be a good time Always the best time, yes. Well, so you said you moved six hours away. So uh, you're originally from Mahoma, Illinois. Uh, am yep. I? Am I? Do I pronounce Mahomet correctly? It's Muhammad. Oh, Muhammad! Gosh, I knew I was. I, I'm thinking of football, and I've got Patrick Mahomes in my head. <laughs> Muhammad, Illinois. Uh, you're a seventh generation agriculturist. Uh, yes. Tell me about growing up. Tell me about what what was your experience getting into the industry. I started showing pigs at the age of two, so that's kind of where my involvement came in. And I think if my parents would have let me, I would have shown pigs sooner. And actually, they were going to let me get in the ring sooner, but one of their good friends was really worried about me showing guilt and getting peed on because I was extremely short and still am. (laughs) So that's kind of why they waited till two to start me with showing. But growing up, we always had pigs around the house when I was younger and learning how to walk and move around. Dad had sows and pigs out at the farm. And so I'd always go out and interact with them and then go with him to different county fairs that he was scanning at because he owned a large scanning company uh, when I was first born. And then that just kind of grew into a love for the industry starting out at two. My first show was actually nail. And so I didn't start at like a county fair or anything. They decided if their kid was gonna do this, they were just gonna kind of throw me right into the national level. And I fell in love with it. From there, it just grew. We ended up going to every NGSA show that they offered across the country for two years, back to back in 2008 and 2009. And after that experience, I was completely hooked if I wasn't hooked before then. And we ended up going to a lot of shows, um, pretty much between the ages of about seven and 12 We would hit the county fair circuit, the ICPA jackpot circuit, and the NGSA circuit. And then after that, we really started focusing more on national shows and trying to do well there, not only with pigs, but also with sweepstakes and really honing in on those competitive contests with skill-a-thon and livestock judging. And then I started doing more competitive judging, which my parents were a great support of. Because for one of the teams, I had to drive about two and a half, three hours every weekend to judge with that team. And that was Steve Austin down in Marion, Illinois. Worth so that's it. what led me here. 
Uh, no, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's a that's a two hour drive that's worth worth the drive every single time. Yes, uh, I was on that team for five years before going to Christian County, where I was under Sue Schaefer. So the hour and fifteen drive was much appreciated after that. Now you said you started at two years old, and I think for a lot of people that's uh, that's wild to think about. I mean, I know for me, uh, I started showing at like ten, nine or ten. Uh, but I couldn't even imagine showing a hog at two years old. Do you remember any aspects of that? I remember some parts of it, yes. I especially remember a couple years after that. Um, for a long time, I showed Hampshire's and Yorkshire's. My mom grew up showing Hampshire, so that's her love for sure, is especially Hampshire gilts. And my first two pigs' names were Blue's Clues and Snow White, and they were a blue-butted gilt and then a blue-eyed gilt with an all-white body and when I first started showing my first Yorkshire they actually had to put like a little scrunchie on my pig's tail because I always had something identifiable beforehand that like okay this is my pig it looks like this and I freaked out when I went into the ring with my first all-white hog that had nothing that I could tell by that it was mine because I didn't know which one my pig was oh no and so they started putting a scrunchie on the tail for about a year before I learned how to read ear notches and like stay with my pig. But there was one time, I believe I was four at nail and I went in the ring and freaked out and there was a pig with no driver because I didn't know which one was mine. And my mom was like, Maddie, it's the one without a show bit on it. Yeah. <laughs> so we quickly tried to rectify that situation. But I know also when I was my very first year, showing at nail I almost got ran over by a pig because I was not paying attention and this one came barreling down the aisle and luckily somebody picked me up swooped in and saved me and I remember telling them you saved me you saved me and they just kind of laughed at that but the first year with my pigs we did not do great at all I actually was going through ribbons the other day and I found the very first ribbon and it was a participation ribbon and then a 10th place ribbon as well so it's not like I was in the top of the class or anything but I I loved it, and I think that's why they started me so young is my parents love showing livestock too. That's how they met. They both did it growing up, and even before then, my mom's dad showed livestock as well. So it's definitely in my blood, and I think they were ready for me to start showing as much as I was. Yeah, and I was actually going to bring that up, but I, I appreciate you bringing it up for me that your parents actually showed too, uh, and your your grandparents showed, your grandpa showed? Yes, my um, grandpa showed uh, Hereford cattle and some pigs as well. And then both my parents were very heavily involved with showing growing up, especially my mom, her and her family did pretty much what we do now, uh, traveling all across the country, but they were focused on Hampshire swine. And then my dad and his family were involved with not only some show pigs, but also the commercial side. And at one point in time had a boar stud. Your dad had a boar stud? Um, my dad's family did. Oh, it nice. was back in the eighties or nineties, I believe, but well, that makes sense that he had a scanning company then. Yes, and he kind of got involved with that when he was doing um, his graduate and PhD degrees. I think that's pretty unique. I know a lot of a lot of people have parents that showed, but not a lot of people have grandparents that have showed. Uh, it's it that's pretty unique to find that not only were they involved in the industry, but they also participated in the in the youth events like showing livestock, showing cattle. I think. I mean, the main thing back then was cattle. I think everybody that showed just showed cattle uh, back in like our grandparents' day. And yeah, he showed Hereford cattle and then 
when I first got in to showing cattle a little bit when I was younger, we had some Herefords and I remember seeing a picture of him showing um, a calf and then my mom put up the picture of me showing my first Hereford calf and it was kind of cool to see. The cattle style has definitely changed though. It's that, yeah, that cattle industry has changed quite a bit and, and so was, so were the pigs, so was the sheep, so was the goat. I mean, goats are still pretty new, but that cattle industry has had some ups and downs for sure. I like seeing like the the old pictures from 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, because they're just such significant difference all throughout those years. And especially into now, um, they've kind of find, found the balance between like the 1960s cattle and the 1980s cattle with today. <laughs> like, they, they got rid of the height and got rid of the fat and kind of balanced it out a little bit. Yeah, from my standpoint, I'm really glad that cattle aren't as tall as they used to be. Otherwise, <laughs> I would never be able to show one or see over one. Well, I was going to say, when you were explaining uh, how short you are when you were little, if if people that are listening don't know who Maddie is, she's about four foot nothing. How tall are you, Maddie? I am 5'1". Oh, you're 5'1", yeah. sorry. I am. I'm, I'm very short. My genetics were not the best for heights, but when I first started showing, there's a picture and all you can see is my white bow over the top of the pig and my little boots underneath it <laughs> i just and i love the scrunchy story i think that needs to come back i really it was do just a small little hairband on the pig's tail so that way i knew that was my pig and that's just when we started showing yorkshires i think my mom might have wanted to go back to showing hampshires at that point in time when there was no showman in the ring because at least they had identifiable belts that i could see <laughs> yeah exactly so you've you've been showing for 18 years of your life yes going on 19 Yes, it's been a long time. The majority that's, of my life. That's the, that's your whole life. I mean, that's that's basically your entire life. You've been doing this hobby and you've been killing it. I mean, you you've you're at the end of your career now. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I don't want to bring it up too much, but we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to get get emotional, but we're towards the end of your career. How do you feel? How do you feel about kind of ending this chapter of your life? I'm not super happy about it because it's kind of what I've known my entire life. It's either been showing livestock or judging livestock. I guess my entire life has revolved around livestock and I'm so grateful for that. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I played sports here and there. I wasn't great at any of them. And I think that's also partially why I loved livestock so much is because it didn't matter my athletic ability or anything like that. What defined how well I did was my own hard work and different things like that. It wasn't based off my phenotype so much. Uh, but I think when I step out of the ring that last time, it's going to kind of be like a what now moment because I don't really know what sits on the other side of that ring. When I'm not an exhibitor, I know eventually I would love to be able to help other young exhibitors who have a passion like that. But I think probably a little hiatus just because I think I'll be a little bit sad after I step out of the ring for the last time. And yeah, my mom always jokes that she'll go and sell the trailer on the way home for a boat. And so I guess that'll be a coping <laughs> mechanism for me is just go to the lake or something. You bet. I bet she's banking on that day. No, she'll miss it too. Oh, for sure. I know right now it's been heck. It's been a struggle because this fall we showed and then there's no pigs in our barn right now. And that's something that not a lot of us have experienced before uh, in my family or we don't remember it because it always seems like there's pigs in the barn because um, we used to show year round. 
And so with no pigs on feed for winter shows, she's the entire family just doesn't exactly know what to do when I was home for winter break and I didn't have to like break pigs or anything. I didn't really know what to do with my life. So I just kind of did homework, which wasn't as fun. I, I bet you guys were just bored the whole time. I mean, you, you've gone 18, 19 years with hogs in the barn. Uh, what, what do people do at the house without pigs in the barn? Just sit we around? We bought a couple of board games. Uh, we went bowling <laughs> bought a too. couple of board games. We did buy a couple of board games, so we played those, and then we went bowling. But <laughs> This is like a real thing. Like, Did you guys have a family meeting? Like, hey, what are we going to do with all this time? Oh, I know. Let's buy a Monopoly. We actually uh, bought like this five seconds game or something where you have to yell out answers within five seconds and things like that. We watched a lot of Family Feud too. I oh, noticed nice. that we watched more uh, now that we were not in the barn or working, but I know all of us are very excited to get pigs back in the barn for the summer. Definitely. Definitely. I, I bet you guys, I mean, I bet you guys are about to put those board games back in a cupboard, get up to the barn and start working pigs. We all have things that are keeping us busy, so that's good. Judging just started up for me, and my parents both have work, so luckily we're not dwelling on it too much. Yeah, definitely. And I'm definitely making more of a big deal than it actually is, but I just just think it's funny. Yeah, I just think it's funny. I mean, it's got to be a huge change for your family. For sure. But so you basically your entire life have showed it um, every NJSA and every Team Purebred show that you could correct yes we have been to all of them every regional national and even sanctioned show for njsa and team purebred there's not many people that can say that i i do you know of anybody else that can say that uh i don't know for sure i know there's a couple people who have come close um the year that the two years that we went to every njsa one we had a couple people go with us as well uh the fecky family and then Miles Tinius and Brandon Deason and Ryan Getz as well went with us to those. So we were kind of the Illinois crew that traveled throughout the country. And then I think there are a couple other people who, who will be getting close right now. I don't know if the Landry family has gone to all of them, but if they haven't, they're very close. Yeah, they're they're probably going to knock it out in the next year or something. They're, they're about done too, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're right around the same age as me. They only have a couple more years left. Gosh dang. Well, besides, I mean, you're you're heavily involved in Team Purebred and NJSA. That's a fact. Uh, what other youth organizations were you involved in? You were involved in 4-H and FFA, I assume. Yes, I was in 4-H for 10, 11 years. How many other years you can be in it in the state yeah. of Illinois? Uh, started in it when I was 8 years old and then started showing at State Fair when you were 10 in Illinois and kind of have continued that and then... The minute that I got into my freshman year of high school, I enrolled in ag class and started in FFA, and that was great. I loved being able to do all of the competitive events that dealt with ag, and then I was a member of several different cattle organizations growing up. Uh, my first year I showed was a key, so I did some stuff with the Junior Kenya and the Junior Maine Andrew Association, and then I showed Herefords for a little bit, so I was a part of the Hereford Association, and now pretty heavily involved with Angus organization as well as the Illinois Junior Beef Association. Now, do you plan on running for one of these boards after you're done showing or is that a negatory? It is something that I'm definitely considering right now. I'm kind of just seeing 
what the future holds, I would love to run for the NJSA board. And if I run, it would be in the next year or so, maybe two years. But it's definitely something that I'm keeping a really open mind with. I always wanted to be on it. So if it all works out, hopefully, yes. I think, uh, and I didn't want to just call you out on that. I, I didn't I didn't want you to just make a decision, but that'd be cool if I just had a headline. Maddie Fugate decides on she's running for this junior board because potentially you could run for a couple junior boards and um, have a pretty good case to say that you'll, you'd be on one. And I'm not trying to blow smoke. I'm just saying you've been very involved in these youth organizations, and I know you have a fondness for NJSA, but potentially you could run for a couple junior boards if you wanted to. Yes, and I always said that I never wanted to give up my years of showing because that's what I love the most is being able to show and just the competitive aspect of it. So that's kind of what kept me from running um, for a couple of years, which is not wanting to give up that extra year. So if I do run, it will be my very, very last year. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was on the junior board asking you when you were going to run and you were like, well, I, I want to finish showing and then we'll see. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. I, <laughs> I definitely understand that. If you can keep doing it, why not? Yes. And it's what we love. So I yeah. think we'll try and do it for as long as possible. Now, when you were in, when did you start your guys's herd uh, to actually start raising pigs for you, for yourself as well as others? We've had sows ever since I was a little kid. Uh, it started with some crossbred and Hampshire sows. And then we realized that we were a pretty small herd and just with some of the reproductive issues that we were having with Hampshire's as far as small litter size. And then if litters were born, the gilts were off belts. It wasn't leaving a lot of pigs for me to show. And so we did a lot more with crossbreds and then had a couple Yorkshires in there, still had some Hampshires. Then we got a couple Berkshires. And in 2012, I showed my first land race. And that's when we really started to raise land races. Uh, and 13 is when we got our two, first land race sow. And then it's kind of grown into there. We had other breeds up until 2016. We still had a couple Berkshires around. And then in 2016, our old Berkshire sow got to be really old. So she is no longer and we went to an all land race herd. And you, you're, you're, just, you're in love with that breed, I assume. Yes, I love the land races. I really like a bunch of breeds, though. So I can't say that I love one breed more than the other. But if I was going to say it, it would for <laughs> sure be the land races. They've always just been so fun to be around. And I liked it because they seem to have a particular fondness for me and not my parents. So it's just like, okay, this pig loves me more. And then growing up, my parents always talked about the people who made the breed, what it was. And I always thought that'd be so cool to be like, oh, when you think of a breed, you think of the Fugates or something like that. And with our small herd size, I knew I was never going to be able to achieve that with one of the major breeds. And so when I first found land races and they were had a very fun personality and they were kind of still considered more of a commercial breed at the time that I started showing them, I was like, maybe this is something that I can pursue. And it's been a great journey ever from there. Now, when you're, when you're raising your own livestock and you're going to these national shows, how does it feel to actually start winning stuff with stuff that you've raised? I, I've, I've got to imagine that that's just an incredible feeling, especially at those NJSA uh, uh, Summer Spectacular or even Expo. Um, you guys have been pretty dominant in that breed. How does it feel? It's great knowing that uh, 
especially because all of our sows are old pigs that I've shown. So I love being able to see how genetics were kind of passed down, whether they have some similar traits as their moms versus their dads, and just being able to see the progress that we have made in the breed as well. And then knowing that they go back to animals that I showed at one point in time is pretty cool. I like it when we can get a mother-daughter duo that kind of does well at the same shows or different things like that. It's always great for me to see because I was like, oh, hey, your mom did good here so many years ago. And now I show her daughters. And so it's kind of a sentimental value for me on that aspect. Yeah, I bet it's just got to be awesome. I mean, seeing the lineages and and seeing what, what goes where, what does what with what bore. Uh, it's, it's just gotta be nice. And especially because you've, you guys have had that, you guys have had sows for a while. Uh, so potentially you could know a long line on, on that sow's pedigree, uh, which is pretty beneficial to know. I mean, I know a lot of people, they know pretty close to what their sows or their boars are, but after a while, like it starts to get, starts to get a little sketchy. Yeah. I think it's fun too. We even have a couple in our herd where, I've showed not only their mom, but also their grandmom as well. And I just think that's kind of cool is getting to see three here soon. I think we'll be even getting to four generations of where I've showed them or we have them in our herd as well. That's awesome. And that only lends to the fact that you were raised around raising livestock. Uh, You're kind of taught at a young age what to look for in your herd And I bet that's only beneficial for you going into livestock judging um, in 4-H and FFA. I mean, I bet that just kind of gave you a leg up. I don't know if it was so much a leg up. I lived and breathed livestock. I know somebody once asked me in my three favorite things, and it was just livestock, livestock, and livestock, whether that be showing, judging, just simply being around really all livestock is what I loved so we all kind of have our personal bias and I know mine leans towards really structural correctness and that's what we try and have in our herd. And I think I probably get that from my parents as well, who my mom has always been big on feet and legs is what makes one good because you can feed a lot of different things in them, but you cannot make, you cannot feed them to be sound. And so our herd really exemplifies sound animals that you can kind of then make them how you want them, but they all have the basics in there. And when I go out and judge at a contest or in practice, I always look for the sound females and sometimes I sacrifice a little bit. So I have to set my personal bias aside whenever it comes to livestock judging. You know, that's what I think a lot of people don't get that, <laughs> especially when it comes to collegiate livestock judging. It does not matter what you think about the about the one steer in the first class of market steers. It, it's all about what the committee thinks. It's all about where the priorities lie. It's all about how the class is going to be placed or how the class is made up. It's very, very different from your own bias, mm-hmm. from from just having a show ring and picking what you like. I, I think that's. So. I think a lot of people have a problem with that. It's two totally different types of beast, I think. And I love livestock judging competitively. And I hope one day to be able to be able to be the one in the ring choosing the animals that I like but right now I judge four animals and let the committee decide yeah it's kind of hard sometimes though it is for sure it's definitely its own mental challenges and that's part of what I like is it's mainly all on you if you have a bad day it's not because of somebody else it's because of you and 
you did something wrong. So if you want to fix it and if you want to get better, then you have to make the decision too. Now, did you always want to go to Lakeland? Was that kind of a destination where you always knew you were going to go? It was not. I, for the longest time, never saw myself going to a junior college. I was pretty okay smart in high school. I could get by with not so much effort, but I was lucky that I made good grades and had the opportunities to go a lot of different places and looked at a lot of different places. And I loved livestock judging growing up. I've done it for 12 years now. I did a competitive, I've done it competitively in 4-H for many, many years before that. But even with that, I never saw myself going to a junior college really to judge livestock. But ever since I was in middle school, I told my parents that I wanted to get out of college without any debt. And then I realized that I loved livestock judging more than I thought I originally did. And when looking at four-year universities versus two years, it made sense for me to go to a JUCO, just not only from the cost-saving aspect of it, but it let me pursue something that I love because I know I'm never going to make a career out of judging. I don't think anybody can. They always have something else on the side. And so I wanted to be able to do what I loved as far as judging livestock for as many years before I was going to have to enter the real world workforce. And that's what led me to Lakeland out of them, just the academics that they offered as in tangent with their judging program and also their extracurricular activities with being able to get involved in the college itself made it a pretty logical choice for me when I looked at out of all the junior colleges, which one did I like? That's incredible. I mean, and you're, I think you're being modest here, Maddie. You're, you're pretty dang smart. Uh, you're like, yeah, I was able to get by. I, I think I, you told me your GPA one time and it just blew my mind. I feel like, uh, but that's another story. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, but no, that's a, that's an incredible story. I mean, just kind of picking your options, knowing you can go to a senior college or, um, one of those bigger schools and then just deciding, you know what? I like judging. I'm going to take it slow at a Juco for a little bit, uh, and it'll be okay. And I like that idea. I mean, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> it was a huge decision. I did not enjoy making my college decision. Yeah. So the worst part about going to junior college was having to make another college decision in two years. But the second one was a lot easier than the first one because I wasn't trying to weigh am I going to go to a junior college? If so, which one? Or if I'm, I'm going to go to a four-year college, which one? But I pulled a, what my parents would call a typical Maddie move and actually decided which college I was going to go through through a set of reasons. And that's kind of how I broke it down is my family, we were driving back from one of our college visits and they said, rank your top four and then made a judging class out of it and had me give a set of reasons. And I realized when I had the winner of the class, that was the college I was going to go to and it was Lakeland. Do you remember that set by chance? Uh, not very much. I have it in an old notebook at home, but Lakeland was the class winner in it for the, all the reasons I already told you, just yeah. livestock judging, academics, and extracurriculars, as well as being able to have it from just a cost standpoint. It was great. Yeah. Oh, I was just, I mean, if you remembered it, it, it would be pretty fun, like cool to hear it, but not a big deal. We don't need it. We don't need to worry about it, but you end up, uh, why uh why Iowa State after Lakeland? I I would have thought you were gonna go down south. Honestly, that's all. That's that's why I'm saying that. Just because I never expected you to stay up north. I thought you were gonna go down south. 
I think a lot of people expected that, uh, but really looking at their academics as far as not only the classes they offer, but also their research aspect. I did some research in FFA, and I was something that I wanted to consider pursuing then in college. And then on top of that, uh, I decided I did not want to be an animal science major, which was something up until about a year ago, I never would have considered not being. I love animals, but I do not love chemistry or genetics uh, at a four-year institution level. And that's why I decided to go with ag business. And Iowa State had one of the best ag business programs in the country. So it made logical sense. And then I also knew that I really wanted to show this fall. And I wasn't going to be able to do that from 11 to 15 hours away from home. I just couldn't leave that burden on my family to work all the pigs, clean all the pens, and not be able to come home and try and help. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And Iowa State's still a really good school. I'm not uh, uh, trying to pick on Iowa State. I think it's an incredible institution. And don't you, were you saying at one point that you wanted to go to law school? You're an ag business degree right now. But at, at one point you were saying you wanted to go to law school. Am I right? Yes, it is something that I've considered. But after, and that was before I was in college. After okay, being yeah. in college now, I don't think law school is in the plans I will most likely pursue a master's degree in ag econ or maybe ag communications, one of the two, uh, for the future. But I don't see myself going to law school. I don't know if I could do another three to four years of school. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a huge commitment. But it's, I mean, if you if you really wanted to go, I understand why people do go to law school just to kind of further their education. But you're stick with ag business. Um maybe a master's in econ. When did you start your blog? Because I feel like that started like a year or two ago. It will be a year and a half ago coming up uh, two years in March. It's called Fearlessly Fugate. And I actually started it coming back from Louisville for PAS, which is professional ag students. Uh, We were down there competing in prepared public speaking. And I was on the swine specialist team as well. We were on our way back. Everybody was asleep in the van. I was like, well, I've been working on this website and everything for several weeks and even months now. I guess it's just time to hit the publish button. And I did it on our way back from an event, which I think is probably fitting for what it is because it's all about agriculture and just my life going through it and being surrounded by it. And how, like, how has that experience been for you? I mean, just publishing yourself to the to the public. How has it been for you? Because I am doing the same thing right now, and I want to get kind of your take on it. It's been great. I, first, I was a little bit nervous, but I realized I'm already an open book to begin with, so it wasn't any different. Uh, most of the things that I talk about on there are things that people have frequently asked me about. So instead of having to repeat the answer multiple times, it's out there for everybody. And everything that I also post on there is things that I think other people either question with or struggle with. And just to let other people know that, hey, like other people are in your shoes, but also educating and just starting conversations. It's been a huge conversation starter. And I love that I'm able to talk about agriculture to a wider audience and put it in a context that is not so much like, oh, there is this large farm away from me. It's a single person's life revolved around agriculture, telling 
her story of loving and being passionate about it. So it gives it a little bit more context and something that hopefully, whether they're producers, consumers, anybody can really relate to. Yeah, I think you're extremely correct. I mean, I, I kind of have the same feelings for this. I was very nervous, uh, but I just decided, you know what, whatever. I'm loud anyway, and I, I can talk for days, so I might as well just send it. <laughs> and that's kind of, you You were just like, well, I'm just sitting on this. I'll publish it. Fine, let's do it. Yeah, it was really just trying to make for sure that everything was what I wanted it to be, but about six to eight months ago, I ended up changing the color scheme and logos and different things like that. So uh, I guess I wish I would have realized at first that not everything absolutely has to be perfect. There's definitely opportunities to change it and rebrand it, especially if you're the one who created it. Yes. So anybody out there, go to Fearlessly Fugate and read Maddie's blog because it's an, it's incredible, all right? Show her some love. Um, and that's all I'm going to plug for the the blog <laughs> um maddie what are your future plans after college what are you what are you wanting to do with your life that and is I, a question. I know you've been asked this many many times <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> i am asked it a lot uh but i think any student in college is asked that a lot and i used to get really annoyed by the question but the older i get the more i realize that it's probably something i really should start thinking a lot about and definitely have. Uh, I always thought I knew I, what I wanted to do when I grew up. I considered myself pretty lucky because my career goals from about the age of six never changed. And I wanted to go and work on Capitol Hill and be a lobbyist. Uh, but then the older I get, the more I realize you can't really have livestock in DC. <laughs> and I love livestock. Livestock is pretty much the source of my happiness. Anything that it has to do with it, I love it. So while I would still love to be able to work in policy, I don't see myself probably in DC for large periods of time because I would miss cows and pigs and being able to go out into the barn for barn therapy and different things like that. Uh, but realistically, what I would love to do is just to be a voice for agriculture and work in agriculture, whatever aspect aspect that may be. Uh, I'm looking at different things with commodity marketing and trading with my ag business in econ degree. Uh, I love livestock though. I love to talk and I love to communicate with people as well. So really just keeping my options open. What I say is as long as it's in agriculture and it makes an impact on somebody's life, I would like to do it. I think that's a great goal to have. You're still going to run for president at some point, though, aren't you? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't want that goal to change. That has not. And if I ever really, truly do get the opportunity to, I would take it in a heartbeat. I think it'd be extremely fun and interesting, but also very stressful. But then again, how many people get to say that they were president? And it's a very select club. So if the opportunity comes, I would love to do it. I, I would vote for you probably. I mean, I'd, I'd have to check your policies. Um, I'd, I'd have to do my research, maybe hear your debates. Uh, but after uh, I've thoroughly thought about it, I could probably potentially vote for you. So I appreciate that. <laughs> now, what? and this is the last question I have for you. What are you looking forward to uh, 
um, in the near future within our industry, whether it be just the agriculture industry as a whole, uh, or it can be just our niche uh, industry in the show community. What, what are you looking forward to and what are some changes that you might be expecting? I think as a whole for changes, just all the technology that is coming out, it's so revolutionary and it's so amazing that they are taking things that we could have never imagined a computer or a robot doing that we always thought we would have to do by hand. And it is making us so much more efficient, which is ideal for needing to feed the ever-growing population. And I think that's something to look forward to. I know just seeing all the new technologies that come out. And I was just at the Pig Welfare Symposium, and they were talking about different technologies as far as uh, like pedometers on pigs and monitoring their heart rates and seeing that which rates are the most efficient at or just different technologies dealing with that and being able to specialize feed a single pig because a computer read the ear tag and can take the weight and know how much feed it needs. It's something that 10, 20 years ago, we would have never thought about. But as far as what I'm looking forward to, I think there's so much opportunity in agriculture right now because the market landscape is changing and it's always going to change. We never know what the future is going to hold or even what the next day is going to hold for agriculture. And that's kind of what makes it agriculture. We thrive on chaos because one day could come along and mother nature could knock out all of our plants for that day or even that year. And we have to figure out how to be resilient and roll with the punches. And I think the show world's the same right now in the show pig world. We hear lots of talk of African swine fever and all of us know that if that ever does hit our country, which I greatly hope it does not, that our world is going to be rocked and what we know as the show pig community is going to be changed, but also what we know as one of the largest pork producing countries is also going to be changed because of this disease. And so being able to figure out how we kind of pursue after that and what we do, I think is something that is going to be very interesting to see but I'm also looking forward to see all the young kids that I have seen grown up, what they end up doing. It seems so crazy to me because these little kids that I used to hold when they were so little are now like 12, 13 years old. And I feel really, really old because of it. But I think they have so much passion and love for the industry. So being able to see where they do, where they go and what they do, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, they're the future. I know everybody says it, but it's that's basically all you can say. I mean, they're 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 the future. It's in their hands pretty soon, so it's gonna be pretty cool uh, to see what kind of new stuff they come up with. For sure, and it's always just about passing it down to yeah. the next people to carry the torch. And I think that it's in very capable hands. Yeah, well, I agree with you. Well, Maddie, that's all I have for you. Um, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you've got uh, reasons practice pretty soon, don't you? Yes, I do. So it's we kind of got you off in time, like <laughs> just in time. But thank you again, uh, and we will talk soon. All righty, sounds good. All right, bye, Maddie. Bye. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Wow, that was a great episode, wasn't it, Campbell? So good. Campbell didn't listen to it.
not. Campbell has not heard it because we're doing these. I we just recorded this right after the intro, so uh, <laughs> she has not heard it. She doesn't know how the episode went. But just give us our your opinion on the episode, being as though you haven't heard it. Um, I would say that Maddie is a wonderful person. I feel like she's very sweet and very well known in the ag industry. Not knowing who she is at all. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like uh I know I'm I'm not really going to hit with a lot of uh, this joke a little bit cuz not a lot of people listen to him, but I feel like you're my Natalie to and I'm David Dobrik. Why would you say that? Cuz like she's like his assistant and like she comes on the podcast sometimes and just like <laughs> talks very monotone. She's just like, "Yeah, I'm Natalie." Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, that's uh that's all we got for us today. I'm going to a next level livestock camp this weekend in Oklahoma, Duncan, Oklahoma. If you're in Duncan or close to Duncan, Oklahoma, come to the camp. Whatever. Come on over. Let's hang out. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that now, for sure, because you probably have to pay. Don't bring any pigs, okay, or goats. Um, Just come to hang out, and and it'll be a good time. So uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you. Campbell, do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. Good. <laughs> what do you think? I'm good. How do you think you were? Good. I don't, I don't, literally don't know what I said. Do you think you're going to like start a podcast soon or what? I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're yeah, pretty boring. I, yeah, I'm 